0: Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of NC Raw Podcast. On today's episode, we welcome Mr. Jay Cannon to the show. Jay is a person in long-term recovery. He also works in the treatment field. Uh, he has a background in owning and operating sober living homes, but he also works at currently works at a treatment center in Asheville. So we talked about uh, his story, how he got to be where he is today. What life's like working in the field and he's super passionate about being of service and kind of giving back to the community uh i enjoyed talking with him he's a, he's an awesome dude it was a ton of fun i am excited to work with him again in the future and uh kind of like get to know him more and kind of build that relationship so ton of fun give him some love it was an awesome conversation so give it up for mr j cannon
1: living the miracle, standing invisible connected to God and my physical. Essence of my spiritual presence is visible, totally leaving you unaware of my mental subliminal. Used to be a criminal, living so minimal, but things have changed and my life is going through different intervals. Finding that balance is significantly difficult. Timing is everything, so my timing is critical. Rhyming is literal, the unforgettable. That's why you stand before you impeccably so presentable. I give respect to you, know that I am respectable. I've always wanted acceptance, is that acceptable? I give the rival expected to be exceptional, and I'm a grown man, handle business like a professional. I give me credible, legal conventional, and you stopping me from chasing my dreams is a (laughs) perfect.
0: The opinions expressed in this podcast are the views of the NCR team and the individuals interviewed. We do not consider ourselves to be mental health professionals. Our mission is to explore the various pathways to recovery and to give a voice to those affected by or involved in the care of substance use disorders. Some content may be mature for younger audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Ready, set, go. Here we are. What's up, Jake Cannon?
1: Oh, man. Long awaited. Nice to finally meet you, brother. Yes, sir. Pleasure you're, to be you're here. You're a tall
0: cat, man. You walked in the door, man. I was looking up to you.
1: Well, uh, you know, good genes and... Uh, <laughs> I've uh, spent a lot of my life sleeping, being real lazy, so you you stretch out, you don't fight gravity that way.
0: Stretching out, eating well, all that stuff. Uh, We're going to start the show off a little bit different tonight.
1: Yes, we wanted to do a uh, moment of silence, and I called and uh, checked with some parents and got some permission. And uh, these are for four guys that will come up in my story and were very influential to me and very uh, guys I miss dearly. And uh, it's my buddy, Keenan my buddy Louie, my buddy Robbie, and my buddy Steve. And, uh, yes, yeah, so we wanted to do 30 seconds each. or uh, So for just a little quiet time, a little moment of silence, think back. You guys can think back to people you lost, you know, and, and dedicate this to them.
0: Absolutely. Let's do it, man.
1: You know, when I was driving over here and thinking about that, uh, it felt like a long time, you know? And do you know how many people, they estimate the average for die of just opiates, not alcohol, not any other drug, just opiates in America a day? I'm
0: not exactly sure the exact number.
1: 130. (laughs) So if we did 30 seconds for everybody that on average will die today, would have an entire show of silence silence for the entire show. And so that's why we're out here and that's why I came through and, and love the platform. And yeah, uh, my, um,
0: <clears throat> my path of practice is refuge recovery, which is kind of founded on the, on the the foundation of like Buddhist principles, um, for, Four Noble Truths and Eightfold Path, which is very similar to like the spiritual principles mm-hmm. of some of the other fellowships. And um, one of the most important uh, principles to myself is right intentions and being very intentional mm-hmm. in my actions and intentional with the uh, being having pure intentions and being like very authentic in the way that I choose to live my life and kind of behave and act. And I think that doing exactly what we just did is um, it's the right way to start off this podcast. It's the right way to start off this conversation and ultimately this relationship, mm. right? Like, um, I mean, we just met. You know, we've had some very brief conversations via Messenger and things like that, um, being very intentional in this developing relationship that we've created through this conversation that we're going to have tonight about your recovery about life, about this awesome community that we live in. That's right. So with all that being said, who is Jay Cannon?
1: Jay Cannon is a very interesting guy. Thinks he's funnier than he probably really is. Um, and uh, real quick, just to touch on, on that is uh, it's amazing, though, what we can do. Started off very somber, but just like you said, I mean, the power of Facebook and the power of, uh, we talked about before the show communication and being able to get together and let's see what we can get done so yeah jay cannon uh i hope a pretty interesting guy it's funny my story probably sounds like a lot of other people's and sounds very foreign to some people and uh i'll give you the brief version before we dive Re- in
0: real quick let me just uh because there are a bunch of people tuning in let me just give everybody a heads up that the wi-fi is kind of iffy here at the hotel and so if the video is cutting out we do we are very aware of that and we will be uploading a clean high definition video to our YouTube channel NC Raw Podcast on YouTube as soon as the show is over. Um, I'm getting a little like red light on my streaming software which uh-huh. is showing me that it might be So we're be down at, already. <laughs> we're hey, not, well not that. it's still up. And they can probably still hear us. The video kind of pixelates a little bit. So,
1: well, that, that, uh, the video being out's working in my favor. Okay. You know,
0: <laughs> my apologies for interrupting, sir. Carry on.
1: Good, man. Uh, and at any time, feel free to dive in if you yeah. key on something or whatnot. Uh, but, um, yeah, the, the recap, man, is, uh, you know, a uh, drug user for a good part of 10 years. And, um, I look back and I'm still amazed how I got there sometime. You know, and uh, great parents, love them to death. Mom and Dad, if you guys get to listen, hey, and, and uh, thank you for helping me all along the way. And uh, I started with the uh, little rebellious, wanted to fit in, be one of the cool kids, uh, drinking, smoking, and uh, things like this. And I had a job at, at Walgreens. And I was like, man, I'm going to get fired for smoking weed, in your system too long. And, uh, and that's when I was like doing some research and I, I saw that pills only stayed in your system for a couple days. And, uh, that always stuck in my head and I never really dove into heavy until, uh, like senior year. I was going through some things and, and, uh, my parents didn't like the way I was living. And I was like, fine, I'll just get out of here. And, uh, my parents, being the parents they were, were like, okay.
0: He won't last. See ya. He'll be back.
1: Yeah, and uh, I remember, man, I was sitting in the back of this dude's car, and the, I had dabbled, man, with uh, hydrocodone and Xanax, just dabbled. Like, wasn't a fan of them, would trade them for weed, you know what I mean, if I had some, but I was sitting in the back of this dude's car, and, uh, and this is something, let's pick us up later, but there's for sure uh, – uh, some kind of correlation between being depressed and things like that and and a drug addiction. And uh, because I had done the drugs before, they had never locked the hooks in like that. And I was sitting in the back of this dude's car, and I remember I got half of a Roxy 30. And I was like, I had the very clear thought in my head of like, Jay, you smoke weed, man. You're not a real druggie. You know what I mean? You're not a pillhead, man. You know better. And I broke that thing down in a little dollar bill, snorted it up the nose, and I felt such a relief from the stress and the pain and the and these my own creations, you know, whether whoever created them. I checked out, and uh, I, from that moment on, chased that feeling. Um, the void wasn't filled by any means, but the void for a moment was closed off, and. Yeah, I mean, I chased that up and down. I had periods of what I thought was sobriety when I was white knuckling the pills. Um,
0: and you were doing that
1: be- for any
0: specific reason? Like, to- did you realize that like something was going on and that you needed to stop? Were you ever facing consequences? Great like- question.
1: Like- okay. Um, or were you? Just- I, f- I for sure knew that I was miserable. I also. I've always had the ego and the pride and everything. And as a, I never liked the thought of like something getting my schedule for me, something controlling my routine, something putting my head to the table, you know? And I mean, man, you do it for long enough and, and, and you know, you're 20, 21, 22, and you're, you're snorting a pill or some Coke off a piece of mirror and you see yourself as you do it. And you're like, I don't know this guy. Yeah. So there were periods where I try to break free. And um I finally changed location, went down to Chattanooga.
0: Where were you where were you born and raised? Knoxville,
1: Tennessee. Knoxville. Go Vols. great basketball team <laughs> this year. <if> anybody's <laughs> not too far tuning in. Yeah.
0: I have not, but I'm a hoops fan.
1: They're good this year. Are they? Number one in the country, I think. I usually
0: start tuning in into February, early March, right. like,
1: like everybody else. Right. Uh so yeah, Knoxville and and I had dropped out of school and by dropped out I mean flunked out and was running from every responsibility I had. And so I end up in Chattanooga and that change of scenery was enough for me to white knuckle it for a little while. And I remember my dad told me he was proud after I'd been down there for a little while. He thinks I'm sober. I'm really getting trashed and everything, but I'm staying off of the pills. Hitting the
0: bars and oh, uh, hitting the bars and probably not going to meetings or not no I hadn't been introduced yet which
1: is interesting Uh um yeah I did not know about any fellowship at this time and and this is why this is important because I I could have possibly gotten cleaner much sooner Mm -hmm. had I had someone had I tuned into this and got some resources
0: okay now let me ask you this um something that I'm very active in involved in in the kind of um in specifically in this area in Western North Carolina mm-hmm. um, at WCU and at SEC is the collegiate recovery program mm-hmm. we've started these programs it's essentially um, a fellowship of students in recovery mm-hmm. who we do like peer-led support groups throughout the week we do social events kind of like periodically do you think because that's that the issue that we' we're, we're having is like connecting with the younger generation right connect there's a ton of people like me in my mid 30s right. Uh, who are participating and who are showing up on a right. regular basis? But when I have these conversations at like resource fairs, when I'm um, out on campus talking to uh, classes, there's a lot of resistance. Like, oh no, I'm not a I'm not a drug addict. I don't I'm not I don't need recovery. There's a lot of that, and so like I'm struggling to navigate how to create that connection so that they don't end up okay. r- where I ended up.
1: Right. You know, so don't get dismayed. Let me let me answer that this way. We just had a flu outbreak at Mountain View Recovery and we got some Tamiflu prescribed Tamiflu doesn't cure the flu, but maybe it knocks a day off, knocks two days off, weakens the symptoms. You might think, man, we're out here failing this mission. Our attendance is low. Nobody's showing up. But if you plant that seed down the road, it might knock a year off their run. You know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah. might get them somewhere they need to be sooner. Yeah, yeah. So, do I think that's you're helping people 100% whether you can see the the results of that or not?
0: Would it would something like that would you have found something like that beneficial?
1: Well, I for sure then? wasn't buying groceries. So, <laughs> if they had free pizza night <laughs> yeah, at the collegiate recovery, uh-huh. I'd have been, there, been there 100%. Yeah. Okay, cool. And uh, so yeah, I think um everything like that, man. It gets the message and it also teaches the good lesson of you're not in this alone. Mm -hmm. Exactly what we're doing here right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not fighting this alone. There are people, I know you feel like you are, because I did. I thought I was the only one that woke up every day in agony and hating myself and trying to get away from this and couldn't. Mm -hmm. And that's not the reality. Mm
0: -hmm. The reality is there's an endless number of people that are feeling those exact same symptoms. talked about um, depression. You talked about how, you know, that sense of worth and kind of like that 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 level of depression may have contributed to um, your choice sure. in using drugs, sure. and the relief that the drugs brought you absolutely from those symptoms absolutely. Um, what are your thoughts on that? What do you th- what do you think? What do you think are some options to overcome the, those those? Feelings, because just like you talked about, um, with like addiction and that sense of community, like I think that that's if you can address those thoughts, and those emotions in your mind when you feel like you're the only one that's feeling like that, mm-hmm. that doesn't want to get out of bed, that's the answer to a lot of these problems for these for the younger generation
1: i think so too and and that's what we'll get into when we talk about the the resources and the sense of purpose type thing so if it's two sides of the coin and you know i say depression because that's a term that a lot of us can write, relate with uh, it's really like that sense of sadness or that lack of fulfillment or things like that and and so it's something i still in the winter time i take saint john's Wort now To give me a little, because I know it's coming. You know what I mean? I can't get out as much. I can't get the sunshine. I can't do things as much with Mm -hmm. people outside. But I heard something really good one time. This guy described it as this. He said, you know, happiness is up here and sadness is down here. And we think, I think, thought that contentment was in between that. Mm -hmm. And so I was always just trying to balance out and end up content. When really, you got to take contentment out of it. Contentment's over here. Contentment is when you're happy, you're content with it. God bless me today. When you're sad, you're also content with it. Mm-hmm. God tested me today. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's what I had to learn is that me feeling depressed or having the blues or being down in the dumps is a part of my life. It's a part of a lot of people's life and it
0: still will be for the rest of your life.
1: I hope so because yeah. if I if I can't if I can't feel the pain down here, I can't enjoy the happiness up here. Mm-hmm. And that's the beautiful thing. Now, do you want more happy days than sad days? Everybody does. But, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you're going to get challenged, you're going to get okay. tested and things are going to come up. And that's when you got people to reach out to and say, man, I'm having trouble carrying this water today. I, I need some help. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's a great question, man. And and I think there are other things. Some people uh, I'm fortunate enough where, where a little sunshine and exercise and stuff like that cures it for me. But I mean, there's case is much more severe than that and that's when you got to seek uh bigger help than i can give you Uh, but i can help you with the resources again it's it's the communication piece yeah and so i think that's a very real thing and there is for sure studies and i wish uh there was this guy was with target recovery he was a suboxone doctor which was my introduction to mat something i was totally against and um now i think it's a very good solution for some people and he spoke to how uh, a lot of patients re- got on, they broke their leg, they had surgery, they got sent home with a 30-day prescription, and they were depressed post-surgery because they couldn't work out, they couldn't go to work. And there's a very strong correlation between opiates triggering those endorphins and those serotonins that you don't have when you're mm-hmm. depressed leading to addiction. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, they go hand in hand, and I'm, I'm glad you stopped me right there.
0: Yeah, uh, I think you kind of hit on something that, that I can totally relate to is kind of like that lack of fulfillment. And like, even, even so, like, even if you have fulfillment, like achieving your full potential, right? Like I always like, I had a job. I always went to work. I made decent money. Mm -hmm. My my rent was paid, you know, Mm -hmm. like I had the basics covered, Mm -hmm. But I wasn't like achieving my full potential. Right, I you wasn't hadn't
1: hit the millions that you make now in podcasting. Yeah, absolutely, the podcast yeah.
0: superstar. No, I hadn't. Like, you know, I, as far as like the meaning in my life, that true fulfillment. Like, I was it was just like very robotic, going to work every day, going home and getting fucked up. You know, it was just like sure. the cycle. Sure. Um, because there was no fulfillment right. there, and like all the things that I was attracted to prior to like use like sports and playing basketball and things like that were no longer in my life. So what did I have? I had the bars, you know, I had my group of friends Mm -hmm. that wanted to party and things like that. And that was it. There was no true fulfillment, even though I enjoyed my job, um, retail management. And I enjoyed it because of this, because Mm -hmm. of the communication with my customers, with my employees, but that, that can only provide so much for you. When you go home when you leave that environment, the shit's still going on up here, you know? And, and I think that I'll, there's a lot of things that are, a lot of things that are happening these days with like technology specifically. And, and
1: the attention spans dropping yeah. and dropping and dropping.
0: But like, and so I'm, I talked talk to a lot of people on this podcast about like, I'm fascinated with like, how do we like use it to our advantage to like almost like provide that fulfillment. Sure. Right. Like, through this type of podcasting sure. or like vlogging or virtual reality and like all kinds of crazy stuff. But like, how do we, um, how do we use it to our advantage? Because like, at some point in time, like, I don't know, like I might not have a job in the substance of substance abuse field or sure. counseling field because like they might, you know, artificial intelligence will take that from me almost, you know, like you just don't, we don't know what the next step is. And like it, evolution, this tech evolution has evolved so rapidly that like, I think that there's so many tools um, and ways for us to use this technology in a healthy way. Um, I was reading the latest edition of campus recovery magazine because they did like, it was like a national publication. They did a little story on, on our podcast.
1: Wow. Good for you.
0: But on the, on the front page of it, they're talking about using virtual reality to like, learn about reality and to learn about treatment and things like that. So like, I think that like in these, in these conversations, like it's, it's important to, to acknowledge and to like bring up that like, you know, truly like anything is possible. Like what, when I started this podcast, it wasn't because like, it was because I was interested in, in, podcasting and conversations but it was because I wasn't happy with the direction of my that my career was going Mm -hmm. right I was pretty frustrated with school kind of a lot of those feelings that I'm talking about like lack of lack of fulfillment lack of meaning in my life to the point where I was thinking about dropping out of college because I wasn't happy with the direction and so before I did that took a step back and I was like, Steve, I looked in the mirror. And I was like, Steve, what were your dreams before your active use? What were you passionate about? Like if you could start over and do anything mm. in the world without worrying about the financial implications and the cost of doing it, what would that be? It was this, right? And here we are. The answer was this. Okay, well, what do we got to do to like to provide that? Well, just got to like talk to some people and get some microphones and start there.
1: Mm-hmm. It's that and simple for everybody I, that wants a podcast. That That's all you gotta do. Yeah.
0: Dude, I'll tell you, man, I might have said this once or twice. At the end of my run, at the end of my run, I used to sit <laughs> in my little studio apartment in West Palm Beach, Florida, um, all tore up all night and I would... Podcast with my little place PS3 headphones. I would just sit there and talk shit. I would just talk shit about sports and recipes and just ramble on and on and on and on. Like just, but that's that was my thing, you know. Like, so like, what is your thing?
1: So okay, hold on. Well, first off, so and that's the that's the thing. Like if we go back to the flu example, the Tamiflu works for this with recovery and getting clean and sobriety. It's not a one size fits all. Okay, and so your therapy, thank God you found it. You know what I mean. And so I think that, and that's why we got making whole. You know what I mean. That's why we got. I, d- I took a class down at Green Opportunities. Let's shout them out.
0: Uh, somebody just messaged me right before you showed up, and I was waiting for you. Uh, and she was like, "Hey, have you had anybody from Green Opportunities on the podcast yet?" And he, she's like, "They're doing some awesome work."
1: I'll get uh, I'll get Mr. Hayes down here as soon as he can. I'm telling you, with the stuff they're doing, they got a. a hands-on construction program they've got a kitchen staff down there um, where they do kitchen training things like this they open the classroom they got a basketball court in there where they have kids come and just a safe place to be so there's and like for me working with my hands was a beautiful thing there's something to be said for starting the day with a pile of lumber or a pile of brick or a pile of rocks and, and ending the week with yes. a with a, a beautiful wall or and 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 Shout out uh, the Yard Fathers, Nick Cardillo. The man, he man taught me so much, and he's a good dude, and he employs kids. He said it 20 times, he's done doing it. He doesn't want any kids in recovery because it's a headache every time, and yet he keeps helping people <laughs> out. He can't help himself. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so for me, uh, that was one of mine, was the the hands-on type thing. And um, But, yeah, it's important to find what works for you. And that's why um, I'm open-minded about things now that I wasn't in the past because
0: and stuff. Sure. Who am
1: I to say, because this worked for me, that this is what you got to do.
0: Yeah. My vision for like these conversations, because I think it's so important to empower the individual to figure out what works for them. Mm -hmm. Right. To figure out what's going to work for Jay Cannon. Mm -hmm. And then to top it. And then on top of that is the fact that like what works for Steve Steen today Mm -hmm is Not going to be the same in 12 months, 24 months, 36 months. Like, I'm going to need to continue to challenge myself, continue to grow, to c- continue to expand upon what I've already learned and the things that I'm applying to my life today, right? Um, when I first the first couple of years, all I did was meditate and go to refuge recovery, right? Like, that was you I would see it. that's
1: I could never meditate, yeah. I journal <laughs> yeah. because I couldn't yeah. sit still, but I so.
0: I was in my bubble. Yeah. You know, and I didn't venture outside of my bubble. I would have never met cats like you. Right. You know what I mean? But at
1: the time, it's what you
0: need. But at the time, it's what I needed. At the time, it allowed me to grow inside, forgive myself inside, learn to love myself to where I could open up and have these conversations with you, with the audience, like with everybody mm-hmm. on a daily basis. You know, empowering the individual to figure out, to define what works for them.
1: And that's what I always try to do with the sober living, and and, and part of my story too is these I've alluded to is the sober living thing, and that was kind of my way of uh, giving back, and and at the same time uh, doing business, which I love to do, and and networking and meeting people, and uh, I mean there's uh, you know and, and sadly there's so little data on these things, but for my very small. Um, study my very small sample size study uh you know some guys need to not work and they need to i had a guy one time man i'll tell you this we were walking through ingles or walmart and he asked me a question about some kind of very simple food thing like was buying lunch me and was like do i need to refrigerate this and i i, I laughed you know and he was very seriously was like man this is why i'm here because i've never grocery shop before okay so how can we help that guy well let's empower him let's let him grocery shop guess what what'd you buy let's take his whole buggy and find out two recipes you can make with this stuff don't worry about the recipe first get whatever you want and we're going to create something so now we've just empowered that guy we've taught him something he can go to bed and say i learned something i accomplished something another guy maybe he's 35 he's trying to get back on track he's the best salesman you've ever seen Let's get them a sales job and let's let them get fulfilled that way. And and I always did a goals worksheet when guys came in. And uh it was sometimes the they they put goals on there and, and when they graduated, I'd show them their goals sheet and they'd be like, Is that not funny? That was my goals when I came mm-hmm. in and look at what everything's God giving me now. And other guys would pursue those things. One guy wanted to pay his credit card off. I sat with him the other day. We got uh Taco Jalisco in Asheville. And he said, Man, I've owe four hundred more dollars on my credit cards and they're paid off. Oh yeah. Yeah. So just little things like that. But you do need to incentivize the process and, and you don't want to have ego in my mind, uh, if it's if it's detrimental. But you do want to take pride in what you're doing. Because there's where the fulfillment lies. You need mm-hmm. to you need to you need to build something.
0: It's a balancing act though.
1: Oh, it's, it's a, a very strong balancing yeah. act. And, and, You see guys, some guys want to go to the gym and physical health is huge because physical health you see before you see anything else. Your mental health, it comes back slow. You sometimes miss it because the the eye can't even catch it. And spiritual health can take forever. Physical health, you can see quick. So these guys miss the balancing act though and they're going to the gym and they're killing it and they're meal prepping and they're they're buying their supplements and they're getting up at six to go to the gym before they got to do chores and then they bust their elbow And they're they're out of the gym mm -hmm. and they relapse because they put every egg in that one basket and it worked so well for them. And they were so high on cloud nine and that's taken away from them. So you do have to have the balance. Yeah.
0: What, um, how'd you get from, how'd you get from into the sober living industry? How'd you get from like a person in, in recovery, early recovery, Mm -hmm. to that point in your life where you were like, like you, you saw an opportunity
1: a demand,
0: a need? Was it something so
1: I had um a very good friend of mine, Robert Delusk, and uh he was a guy that let's go back a little bit more. So okay. in February, three years ago now, I'm in uh an hour outside of Dallas, Texas, I'm in treatment. And I'm a totally broken man. I'm miserable. I'm refusing Suboxone. I'm on the longest detox anyone's ever seen. Like, they thought I was insane. But I've been on drugs for so long with a so little break that I'm, I'm sick as a dog. And they gave us phone time at, at this uh, facility. And I uh, so I had no one to call, man. Like, I'm too embarrassed to talk to my parents. Like, look what I've done. They thought I was doing good. I'm back in this boat. I have no one to talk to. And there's this guy in there named Louie. And we hit it off right off the bat. The guy like basketball. I like basketball. It's February, so there's some good games on. And uh, Lou is, I'm, I'm using none of my phone time. He's getting in trouble daily for going over his 15 minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, who is this dude talking to? You know what I mean? And one day, he gets this care package. It has all kinds of vape juice and beef jerky and snuck some pre-workout in there. And and I'm like, man, what is Where are you getting this? Who are you talking to? Who are you calling? He's like, man, well, I got this huge network in Asheville. And people I've met through uh, recovery programs and people that I've lived in sober homes with. And it's baffling to me, man. And this guy, Robbie i guess he talked about me oh i told him thank he gave me some stuff out of the care package i said hey tell rob thank you rob had sent him the care package
0: the guy that sent it to him
1: yes okay and so with never have meeting this guy i'm decided i'm gonna go back home to knoxville uh chattanooga and louie comes he's like yo rob I want you to call him never met this guy never, never talked, talked to, this to guy. him sure. nothing.
0: you got all this but you got plenty of time to call and him. this is the guy <laughs> he
1: was man so i call him up he's like man uh Lou tells me you're going to go back home and do the thing. And he's, I'm like, yeah, I think I got it, man. I think I still can get my job back. He's like, why would you do that? And man, I really didn't have an answer. He's like, how good, how good was your life in the middle of all that? Take the drugs away. Was it worth anything? And so they helped me get into sober living here in Nashville. And uh, it was real recovery. Shout out, real recovery. Um, and, and man, it... Uh, that touched me, man. Like that the, the I wanted what they had, you know. Somebody that you never
0: met just picked up the phone and offered you this. And you this guys love that know Robbie, compassion. man, yeah. so
1: you you would know this about him. So uh I do my thing, man, and I start my first job was uh cleaning the commodes at Gold's gym. And I said, you know what? If President Obama comes to Asheville they're going to tell me to go use the bathroom, go to on Patton because Jay Cannon cleans it, and they're the nicest bathrooms in town. Like, yes. I, I had so much pride. Take in pride said, in your work, yeah. Well, in the balancing act, I said, man, I'm the most humble dude. No one else would do this. It's a nice place, and, like, these kids are all spoiled, and no one else would clean these. Well, one day I get the phone call. I had a Hispanic boss. I never even met the guy. He's like, no need to come to work Monday. I'm like, a day off. He's like, but you can come get your check Tuesday. Fired me. So I was like, oh, man, okay, now I get it. Like, that's humiliating. You know what I mean? I thought I was humble. Now I have just got fired from the worst job I've ever could think of. <laughs> and uh, my buddy George that was at real, was like, hey, this dude, uh, this dude Nick wants to give you a job. you are fathers. And I worked with him for a long time, man. I learned a ton. But I remember Robbie took me out one time. And we almost got in a fist fight, man. He was doing some construction uh like remodeling this lady's house and like changing the toilet out we forgot to put the seal down he's screaming at me I cried a little bit I don't think he saw this thank thank goodness but at the end of it he handed me 150 bucks and I remember he charged the lady 750 and she was like we couldn't change one little fixture out and she was like so is the price different hinting it can you knock Mm -hmm. some money off because you didn't do this fixture?" and he's like yeah you know what I actually had to go to Lowe's uh to get some supplies so it's going to be 50 more dollars. <laughs> That's the guy he was, yeah. man, a hustler. Mm-hmm. And uh so I saw and that stuck with me that like you can go out and get it on your own. Mm-hmm. Clean. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Legal. In 150 yeah. bucks, I was blown. I mean, that was mm-hmm. what my check looked like for a whole week of cleaning these things, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh so that stuck with me and Robbie ended up going on a run and uh I kind of did a few side jobs. I had a very transitional uh, like a huge moment for me was uh kevin short was still working at real after they sold it and they wanted to they were taking clients from a program that allowed dogs and they wanted a dog kennel and i had me and nick had poured like a couple slabs and when i say we i mean he had poured them and i had like wheeled the (laughs) wheelbarrows you know what i mean and i was like i can do this so i have a 10 by 20 form laid out and the concrete truck's coming. And I've got a 10-foot-long 2x4 I'm going to float this uh, with. So yeah. obviously, it's not long enough uh-uh. to stay on the forms. <laughs> and it's a disaster. And the stuff's coming. And Kurt Strank comes up there. And he's, like, sending Kevin videos. Kevin's out of town and pictures. And Kevin calls. And he's like, man, you're my friend. I'll reimburse you for the supplies. But you're fired. Oh,
0: shit.
1: And I hopped on. I didn't even have a car at the time. I had my motorcycle. I hop on my little piece of 20-year-old motorcycle that I love to death still to this day. I cruise up the road. I collect my head, and, I, and I, telling the story now, I like to think that I saw the big picture. At the time, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But I was like, man, I have to complete this. Like I'm, I'm gonna. This is a fork in the road that either leads a very bad place because I fail. So, I take. I call everybody I know, and this kid, his dad did commercial concrete, hmm. and. We call him, and he's like, "If it's still a little bit wet, because I mean, it's yeah, yeah. It looked like a skate park, dude, with bowls and ramps. And And if you're
0: gonna do something, better do it now. Yes. So
1: get some Portland cement and just float the top again. It'll fill in those gaps, and it ain't gonna last forever, but it's gonna last for a little while. So I zoom to the store. It's just
0: a dog kennel, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's just
1: a dog kennel. We go for their paws, the little water bowls, (laughs) and so race to the store. I throw some Portland cement in a backpack and zoom back on my motorcycle. Okay, (laughs) and we coat this thing in. Kirk calls Kevin. He's like, yo, didn't you fire Jay? He's like, yeah, I fired him. He's like, well, the dude's up here with his headlight on his motorcycle, like, scraping this. And, man, I ended up getting it done. I got paid for it. It's still up there. I don't think there's ever been an escape from it. And uh, that reinforced that idea of you can work for yourself. And so we fast-forward another six months, and here's where I'm going with this. Me and Robbie, I've been doing a few little odd jobs. Well, me and Robbie, Robbie gets cleaned up. He comes back around, and we start uh, top to bottom, home improvements and structural landscaping. <laughs> and uh, we're very underground, and we're just mm-hmm. doing the best we can. And we got his dad. And what's cool about Robbie is his dad is a very wealthy man, yet Robbie will crawl under a crawl space mm-hmm. with you and normally beat you to whatever the problem is. I mean, the dude talk, was... Talk what,
0: about humility, huh? Yes.
1: Huh? He had it. And he helped so many people. He saved everyone but himself. And so we're doing this, and we're in the middle of a we've worked for a little while. We've had good times. We've actually starting to build a business and we're in the middle of doing this porch and Robbie doesn't come to work. And I get a phone call from his dad that Rob's dead. And my buddy Willie, uh, shout out Willie, came. And this was when our friendship started and helped me out of nowhere. Like in the middle of this job, I was in trouble. And I was like, yo, will you help me with this? No, no, no. He knew Rob as well. And he helped me finish that job. And the flame was out though, because any job I tried to do, I've got this saw that we bought at a pawn shop to finish this job and this drill, or I'm using this technique that Robbie caught me, and it was very hard. I was already working at this time at uh, Equinox Recovery, which has closed down, but it was a good place, and so I knew a little bit of the house manager, and I had this desire to own another business for myself and build something, and so me, Willie, and my buddy John started Oasis Recovery, and... Uh, It was a traditional startup, and by traditional startup, I mean we had a lot of passion and a lot of energy and really no clue what we were doing, Um, and we went after it, and and that got me into the sober living, which I love and still love to this day because you get to see, same as the construction program where you, you... see the block, and then you see the wall built at the end of the week. You see a guy come in, and you see him grow, and you see him get a job, and you see him buy a car, and you see him do this, that, and the other, and, and build relationships, and learn he and softball. Enjoying. So I, liked, I, I still love it to this day. I think it's a huge piece of recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was one of my biggest pieces of recovery. But that got me into the sober living, and my toes wet.
0: I got I to take it back a little bit to this dog dog kennel slab that you mm-hmm. poured?
1: Never an escape.
0: Uh, Never? Not a single escape? Ah, I've never heard of one. Don't make me come over here and check the comments, man. Uh, yeah.
1: um, <laughs> Don't believe everything <laughs> you see on the internet, <laughs> yeah, that's
0: man. true. Um, what was it about, like, because that takes, like, a certain level of, like, like, work ethic and a certain level of, like, pride <sighs> in your work. And, like, what was it about this time that you were, like, I'm going to finish this job? Was it, like, not wanting to let your guys down, knowing that you had already lost your job? Like, that's that's a make or break point. Like you said, it's a make or break point. And having that, that mindset that I'm going to finish this job because Mm. I started it, because I made a commitment to, to do it. Um, And like so many people, myself included would have just got on my bike and went home. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And not Mm -hmm. followed through. And even like, you know, in the past, prior to this point in your life, you might not have done it. Like, what was it about this time that,
1: Just what you were talking about with the fulfillment is I had got a little bit and I believed in myself again. And I had not believed in myself in so long that, and I believed in myself enough that when the the gust of wind blew and the splash of water hit that flame, it flickered and it dampened, but it did not extinguish this time. Where for years before that, it had had put it out. You know what I mean? The the couple runs of white knuckling it, something had extinguished it and i wasn't quite beaten yet and i said exactly what you said i said i'm going to complete this i have to complete this mm-hmm. and you know it's funny telling this man i hope kevin hears this and realizes how big that was uh you know every program that real offered was great but but this is was was my keystone that built the whole thing you know and uh yeah I, you know when you're a kid man you have a very good sense of right and wrong and yeah. you have a your conscience speaks to you and you see something happening. Well, mine had been so extinguished, and it was finally with this recovery process coming back to where I had a little bit of a spiritual connection. I had done enough spiritual principles where I had a little something more than me guiding the ship. And my hands were still on the wheel, and I was still trying to fight it, but I had that conscious, I had that whisper in my ear that was like, yeah, you can do this. And examples would come up with things I had conquered before. And, you know, they say, you know why you don't see dragon slayers walking around? Because they get burnt to a crisp. So if I had failed, would I have would that have ended it or what? I don't know. But thank goodness we don't have to find that out. Yeah. Because yeah, I had I have I believed in myself again for the first time in so long.
0: And my question is why? Why this time? Because of the work that you had previously put in?
1: No, I I think well I'd say a lot the the two lead up stories, but I think also that it, at this point, um. I, there wasn't a there wasn't a second excuse me man. at this stage in the game I don't think there was a second chance um in me so maybe it was a little bit back against the wall uh, maybe it was seeing Robbie do it and and seeing Nick do it and these guys that had built things and in my community Nick showed up with a 12 foot two by four you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I had guys in yeah. my corner that like –
0: you had the resources yes available I had the resources and uh-huh. i
1: had i had a little cheerleading squad mm-hmm you know what I mean? So three years ago, I had been like, "Oh, here he goes again." You know what I mean? No <laughs> shocker. Here's the phone call, dude. Yeah. Needs, he's I don't know. I don't understand. You know, I'm sure my mom said, "Why am I sending this dude this much money for school books? He don't even <laughs> go to class." Here's the call again. You yeah. know, and and I now that now they're like, "I got your back. I can be out there. I can help." We we're calling, uh, you know, people's dads, and they're believing in it. It's like, "Yeah, go get some Portland cement. You can fix this." You know. So there's that word resources again, and I think you're i think you're right right on the the head with that and it makes me think of my buddy uh Willie he just took the sober living over and he's got a great model where he he owns uh g and o home solutions and they're waterproofing company and so he can employ these guys and
0: House them and then employ them.
1: House them and then employ them and give them a sense of purpose and teach them a great skill, right? Like, I don't know anything about waterproofing. Mm-hmm. Probably the probably the one piece I was missing from a successful construction <laughs> company. You know? Around here. And, uh, yeah, so there's little niches like that. And, and now he's got Revive and he's doing huge things there. I think he's almost got it filled up already. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's finding little things like that. And And that's why I'm so blessed with the treatment center now because before – mountain view i was like i love the sober living because it allows you to see the process and everything else mm-hmm. but there's got to be a catalyst there's got to be a starting point and when i thought back to my story i said no at first when when they wanted to hire me i i was like i like where i'm at maybe a little scared of change but really i just like where i at. i like what i was doing and uh, again i thought i knew best to keep having this fallacy that I know the right way to do everything and now I'm able to look and it's like man until I I said I want to quit 250 times that night at 11 11 p.m when the dope runs out you know I'm about to go to bed I'm done I'd wake up the next day and I'd go out until I finally said I need some serious help and my parents said let's go to detox and I said you know what I don't know what's best for me and so whatever you guys want to do and I go to detox and I think I'm going home and they say let's go to treatment and I say okay let's let's do it because I, I don't think I need it I think I got this thing beat but I've thought that before and and you know until I did those things. and see, that's a resource at Mountain View we got an outpatient detox license so guys you don't have to go to Atlanta anymore you don't have to go to Georgia you can get detox and stay right here so it's little it's it's these pieces that keep getting built and things that I'm proud of and why why love to be able to help man and keep looking things like this yeah and,
0: it's, it's, take a step back to the, um, the sober living. Mm -hmm. And I asked Nick short this, Mm -hmm. uh, when he was on the, on the podcast, shout Um, out Ridge, shout out Ridge is, um, getting into, in entering into this sober living recovery industry. Was there any kind of, um, did you experience personally, like any type of, um, hesitancy, to like get into something that we talk about, like the, the world of recovery and addiction being stigmatized. So is sober living specifically like.
1: Absolutely. Go, go try to lease a house and just as a joke, throw that. I want to use it for sober living on yeah. the end uh-huh. and go offer them double whatever they want for rent and then throw sober living on there and see how fast you get turned down. Yeah. It's a huge stigma. Okay. And it's, uh, they're drug addicts. I don't want drug addicts in my community. At Oasis, I threw a barbecue to invite the neighbors down so they could see what we're really doing here and what this is about. And, uh, you know, yes, there's a huge stigma, but if you talk to people, and right now we got Quentin Miller as the sheriff, Mm -hmm. the dude, and and, and let's do uh, Todd Williams, district attorney, too, at the same time. Both those guys understand very well. And, And Todd Williams' slogan for this is, Treat criminal matters criminally and clinical matters clinically. The stigma you're talking about is starting to be understood. Okay, this is a substance use disorder. This is a mental health problem. This is something that can be fixed. These are not people that get a label and keep a label. And so when I'm looking at this, when you ask these people what's needed the most, dudes do 30 days of treatment and then they move right back in where they were. Same neighborhood they were in. They know everybody in town, right? Uh and so housing is critically important and I'll be honest if I tried to do mine as cheap as possible and uh it was tough because rent's expensive in Asheville and I ran it you know I sometimes I look back and say man if I charged a little bit more with the pieces being placed where it could run itself and I could still have it because it was taking so much of my time and uh that, I mean, that's what we need, man, is affordable housing. Or models like Nick Short with the extended extended care, different track for different guys. But, I mean, we need affordable housing. We need safe community. And we need that stigma to go away where people understand that uh, why are these people being demonized, right? You don't know this person. Check the podcast out. This is a cool dude. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and And how many construction jobs that i get left the key under the mat to people's houses to go in and they had no clue because i was jay cannon top to bottom had i been jay cannon recovering drug addict i'd have never got the job yeah and i understand that you know there's no delusion to me jay cannon non-recovering in full-blown addiction is is a uh, psychopath <laughs> yeah. so but yeah housing's hugely important and i encourage anybody to uh if they're feeling called that direction to try to do something about it there's there's tons of avenues hopefully there's about to be some money vias willing to pay for a couple of weeks uh, vocational rehab used to be willing to pay i don't know if they still do i've had mission hospital pay for a couple of weeks i've had rha pay for a couple weeks so there's funds available in the state and and the county and i guess the city to understand that housing is that missing the, piece the priority mm-hmm. is, is placed there. safe it's housing basic safe basic housing.
0: human needs yeah um, which is like a huge opportunity out West this way mm-hmm. is there is no sober living. There's no sober living homes. There's no recovery homes. I don't know of anything like, I don't know of anything West of like Canton um, that offers um, those types of services. So folks will go over here to the Balsam center, the crisis center for mm-hmm. detox or the hospital. Mm-hmm. And few days later they're out nowhere to go
1: it's not the first time i've heard that
0: um so definitely like opportunity I so i've got the one.
1: blueprint and i'm great at giving <laughs> businesses away so if anybody wants the the flash drive with everything you need to start a sober living just yeah. hit me up
0: um did you end up was it mountain view mountain view did you end up at mountain view upon them like opening how soon did you
1: no they had been opening uh, open a little while because then uh, they just opened like last year mm-hmm, like a year ago or something mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, they had been uh, open for uh, a little while, and, and you know they kept knocking my door down, begging me because they need me so bad. And that's a joke. <laughs> I hope some of you guys I, are tuned they're, in. They're, they're watching. Yeah, and good, fine. good. Okay, perfect. <laughs> uh, no, so I like what they were doing, and I started to believe in what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, let's talk about another stigma is on uh, – treatment centers yeah you know what i mean there's good places and there's bad places and so you know saw what they were doing and got to meet these guys and interact with these guys and uh start to believe there's that belief again and um one thing leads to another and i and i prayed and i prayed and came on board and what i thought was going to be kind of a minor role and and it grew and and here we are today man and we just uh I just got moved over to admissions and I do some alumni work up there and um, work on property management it's getting spring so we got some little things we want to throw up to improve the grounds but I encourage anybody to call uh, whether you're in the community or you just want to check it out um, I'll throw when I when I share this I'll throw the phone number down there and uh, yeah, if you're in the community or if you need some help, either way. But we we love to show it off and we're proud of it. So feel free. I'd love to have you out there, and we'll absolutely. set the we'll set the mics up and and do an episode out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I talked to somebody from there, um, right around the time we were starting this. Mm-hmm. She messaged me. Mm-hmm. And she messaged the NC Raw podcast. I was like, "What are you guys? What are you guys all about?" Mm-hmm. She's like, "Tell me what. Tell me what you guys are doing. What's what this thing all about?" Mm-hmm. And I just hadn't hadn't not had a chance to follow up and come out there but I would, I would well if it's that. who I think it is she'll yeah, stay after is. you it I guarantee is. yeah it was a while ago yeah um, she'll
1: stay after you
0: you talked about um in like private conversation and some of the information that you provide to me you talked about like learning how to make hard decisions and like kind of like
1: yeah and there's only that? one way to learn and oh, that's rip the band-aid yeah, off. Yeah. you know what I mean uh-huh. And uh, and what's funny is the hard decision is still all the time not the right decision I've played the tape back several times now. I don't dwell in it, but um, you know I have. And another thing is, friends in business is very difficult mm-hmm. because you start pulling these resentments together, and you start uh, little things get magnified. You know what I mean? It's one thing to work your nine to five, have a crap day, leave that at the office, go home, and, and start over. It's another thing when it's your core and when you guys are synergistic you kill it and when you're not it's devastating and uh yeah i found that true several times in in doing career things and uh and it's tough man it never gets easier i think i have great relationships with just about everybody because um i try to be as transparent as possible and sometimes you have to be tactful in business and do things like this but uh yeah, the hard decisions, man. And, and and they come when you least expect it. I remember when I was at Oasis. This is funny, man. I, uh, we were having like a little in, internal turmoil amongst the owners. And, uh,
0: Which is going to happen in any business. Any business. business. Uh-huh.
1: Any business. And we were under stress. We were trying to pay the light bill. And, and literally, we had several months where the rent money hit the 30th, and it was doing the first. Mm-hmm. And I prayed for... Two and a half, three weeks for relief. Fix this, God. Make this work like we want it to work. Help us be friends and all doing the same thing. I had a dream one night of a very vivid dream, and it was a straight arrow path like this. Like, no, I mean, it was more straight than you can find in nature, straight. I woke up, and I had the very clear image or voice or something in my head that was like you got to give it away you got to step away and I said whoa 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 hold on God I said make this easy for me Uh, you know take this burden off me no you got to give it away and uh, man I sat on it for a couple days and I signed it over and gave it away and uh, not to say again it was a very tough decision Um, it was one of the first companies I owned outright or owned a part of outright and we were proud of it, and we had built it as something special, and we had built it in rem- remembrance of friends we had all lost. And it was something I thought I'd have forever, and, and that was a very tough decision. And uh, guess what? Was it right or was it wrong? I don't know. But it got me where I'm at today, and uh, you know I'm eternally grateful for that. But, man, I'll never forget that. Give it away. Hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> Crazy.
0: You have faith absolutely in yourself to make the right decision. You have faith in the guidance that you've been given
1: absolutely. to make the
0: right decision. So right or wrong, it doesn't necessarily matter. Yes. Right? You Once know,
1: w- you, you live in fear, you live in faith. Shout out, uh, Ashley told me that <laughs> quote and, uh, I stick to it, man, <laughs> because yeah. uh, you know, and I like to clarify too, for people that are immediately turned off when I use the word God, I, I differentiate it like this. Religion is being taught about God. You sit in the pew and someone educates you on it. Spirituality is getting to know a God. Okay, so understand that all you have to seek is spirituality. you got to close your head. you got to believe there's something out there and see if you can tie into it. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. For me, I absolutely did. And can I explain what the fourth dimension or what serenity is or any of this? No, I cannot. But I can tell you I've been there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So let's throw that out there. And, and you, you you know, you say that you do refuge, and I think it's probably we have kind of similar outlooks on that where there's something there. We have no clue what it is. Yeah. But my, we keep checking in. Yeah.
0: Keep checking in. My whole, my whole um, take on, like, all the whole entire conversation is that, like, you know, because of, like, my past early childhood experiences in the church and stuff like that, I've been kind of, like, hesitant to, like, mm-hmm. get back involved in it. Um, however, like through my meditation practice and through hours upon hours of this internal reflection Mm -hmm. and really like looking at my life, um, I've come to a point where like, um, there's no doubt that like, there's a power greater than myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And the way that I choose to live my life is that like, I'm going to put all that stuff to the side, man. I'm going to put all that stuff to the side. Right. Right the only thing that I have control over today is like my actions, the way that I live my life. So if I live my life with pure intentions from a place of kindness, love, compassion, and forgiveness, gratitude, generosity, everything else will fall into place, Mm -hmm. man. I'm going to be the best person that I can Mm -hmm. be today. The best person that I can be tomorrow. And I'm going to be very intentional with my, with my actions. I'm going to think things through before I act and before I respond And the rest of that stuff will work itself out, man. Like I often feel like, and I, you know, for those that like for those that are very active in the church and it works for them, dude. I totally support you. I welcome you to this table to have a conversation with me anytime about that. Like I, I I have mad respect for you. I have mad respect for anybody that chooses whatever pathway it is. Um but oftentimes I see people I see people putting like what I would say almost like too much F eff- too much energy, too much effort into whatever this higher power is that mm-hmm. they define. Mm-hmm. And then it like, they're almost like, they almost like set themselves up. So when, like when something horrific happens mm-hmm. and I've put in all this work, like why, you know, like,
1: well, doesn't it sound very familiar to the, the bodybuilder story that hurts yeah. his elbow? Yeah. You know, what it I mean? sounds just like it. You, yeah, You need the balance.
0: Yeah, yeah. The only thing I can control is myself today, my actions. I'm going to be the best man that I can be, not just for myself, like you talked about humility, staying humble, not for myself, but for everybody that I interact with.
1: Well, and that sounds like the spiritual principles, and it also sounds like the fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Like if you're doing those eight things, seven things you listed, like a great example, okay, and maybe I'll get a discount for this, which he already should give me 20% off because I've got 20% less hair than everybody else. But this guy I've been going to, I've been going to Fox Barbershop on Patton Avenue, my boy Hunter Scott. The dude is a wizard. Okay, the first time he cut my hair, I was like, is this dude charging me by the minute? Or like, is my <laughs> head a weird shape or do I need to get up? Because he's so passionate about his craft mm-hmm. that he will make it perfect. Mm-hmm. And that's like the little fulfillment thing and like the little, let me be the best I can be today. If I'm cleaning the commodes at Gold's gym, Mm -hmm. if I'm cutting somebody's hair, if I'm building a rock wall, the only person you need to worry about being better than is yourself. If you look around the room and say, oh, I got nicer shoes than that guy. I got a nicer car than this guy. I got a hotter girlfriend than this guy. You're setting yourself up for failure because a bigger fish is gonna come along. It's got a nicer all three. And that goes back to that social media and everything Mm -hmm. else. But if you look in the mirror and you say, I'm happy today. Yeah. Last year, I couldn't run two miles, and now I can run two miles on the treadmill. Last year, I couldn't bench press 135. Last year, my phone never rang. I didn't have any friends. Now my phone blows up constantly. If you can be better than yourself, then you're winning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can't agree with you more, man. I can't agree with you more. And don't get, you know, I'm not going to come on this show once a week and say that it's easy. (laughs) Like That's the last thing I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to learn from my mistakes. You know, I'm going to be very intentional with my actions. I'm going to be, I want to hear, like, I'm going to invest in these conversations. I'm going to invest in people. Like, I'm not saying that my way is the right way. Right. I'm saying I want to know what you got, bro. I want to know how you choose to live your life, so sure. I might be able to take a little bit of that exactly. and apply it to what I'm trying to do. Exactly. you know,
1: Or come across a situation where I don't have a clue. I got a buddy that says, man, I got the best message in the world. I don't know how to get it out there. And I say, I don't know either, but I know a guy that does. His yeah. Steve
0: up. Here, let's go. Let's do it together. Yes. You know what I mean? That,
1: and, and, and that's where the success, and again, it goes back to that communication. Like, are there resources out there to help a whole lot of people? Yes. Mm-hmm. I had uh, Mrs. Rhodes, brought some statistics from Mission Hospital about the number of people that came through there a month, and it was a staggering number for just opiates. And like a third of them were insured. Okay, between the, the programs right here, right in Asheville, there's enough beds for those... Thir- it was like 35 people or something crazy that were candidates for uh, treatment, 30-day treatment. And instead, they're going to the hospital in an emergency room and they're getting two days of IVs and they're getting kicked get back out on the street. Are the resources here... Yes, but but people don't know. People don't know who to call. That's that, the problem.
0: And people think that just because they're not insured or they don't qualify for Medicaid, that they can't get into one of these types of programs. No, there's, there's tons there's of scholarships. Programs. There's, there's ADAX We've mm-hmm. given
1: out. We got a scholarship right now. We love, we love giving out scholarships. Yeah,
0: there's ways to get into these different types of programs if you show the show the interest and the willingness to yes. you know, to work it. Absolutely, I totally agree. But that is a t- that is a. What's the best
1: advertising? If we're talking just from a business standpoint, it's word of word mouth. Word of mouth, yeah. If you if if the people that now hit me up and say, "Man, I you know this," and that's why I talked about Keenan earlier, man, because we came from the same neighborhood, we ran together, we hung out together. Oh, one flap of a butterfly wing, one wave, one blow of the wind, and I could be not here, and he could be sitting here. Mm-hmm. And so that's the man. Now that I can go back and help people that are struggling and help people that came from my same community and help people still in Knoxville. It's so amazing. And so if you got a willingness, man, if you call me and I don't know where where to put you, I promise you, just like with the with the podcast message, I can find a place to put you. I can find the person that knows where to put you. Do not think that you cannot get help. It goes. I ran for so long because I said I thought I thought uh, 12 step was a extinct old man's club that yeah. they had in the movies mm-hmm. i had no clue man yeah. i had no clue yeah. i thought if i went to the hospital and said i'm a drug addict i need help yeah that I, I would my life was over that's not the truth man that's not the truth you're a human being you got and, and the sad thing is, is man addicts some of it is that for me let's just talk about me is man i've always felt like i had some potential and, and and my parents wanted the best for me, and they wanted the most out of me because they knew I had it in me. And you you know you you expect to make straight A's, and you make a B, and you're like, dang, I ain't trying for straight A's again because it sucks to fail. So let's just try for all B's. Well, you might hit that mark a couple times, and you're gonna make a C. Well, let's just yeah. And so addicts, man, we are like super powerful people, but we but we get hit with a little failure, we get hit with a wall, or we get knocked down and oh, we don't want to get up man we've got this amazing potential so please if you uh, you know you got something to contribute you can be where i'm sitting the the biggest name in the game nc raw podcast yeah,
0: baby <laughs> Looking fly in his suit at the head of the fly. table. yeah, thanks. At the head uh, of the
1: table. Thanks, Dillards.
0: <laughs> How long have you been working in the field? When did you get when did you kind of get involved in the sober living homes? Man, uh,
1: well let's take it all the way back to treatment. Is if you call the treatment center I went to and you say you guys remember Jay Cannon, they'd be like, Who are you talking about? Mm-hmm. If you call and you said, you remember the guy that cleaned up the lunchroom every day he was there? They're gonna be like, Oh yeah, we know that guy. Oh, we nutcase. How's he doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so, dude, I embraced it 100%. And the, and the secret, in the sauce, is you give back to other people. Because when I'm selfish, to this day, if I'm selfish, what does Jay Cannon want? Well, somewhere deep down inside, he wants to get high. Whether, it's, he,
0: whether he's telling you that or not.
1: Right. Huh? Whether, I, 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 whether Jay Cannon realizes it or not. Yeah. Somewhere down in there, and I've done a lot of work to make it as small as possible and cover it up. But if I'm thinking Jay Cannon, Jay Cannon, Jay Cannon, eventually we're going to uncover that stone and... So if I'm thinking about what you want, what this person wants, how can I help this person? I don't have time to be selfish. Mm-hmm. And I learned that very early on and I practiced it every single day. And I, I try to approach the day with a sense of purpose that is helping other people. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's the, the, the key, the key ingredient.
0: I guess what I was, what I was getting at was like, what, how do you find the balance? in your personal recovery and your professional life, man. even though like being of service is a huge vital role in your personal recovery. How do you find that balance? And you've had that stressful day, yeah. right? You come home from work and you don't want to go to a meeting, but you know, that's what you need to do. Like yeah. how, how
1: do you find, like sometimes I lose the balance, man. Yeah. Uh, I always try to get it I back. Think,
0: and I think that it's important to, just to say that.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I lose the balance. And, and I've had
0: this, I've asked that question to many people on this show and many people have said exactly what you said, yeah. you know, that, that, but just being like doing that right there and being real with yourself. Well, let me out saying, myself
1: a step further. Yeah. Uh, and let's talk about Lindsay Roder, my beautiful girlfriend yeah. here, because you spend your whole day giving and giving and giving and giving and giving. And you knock off at eight o'clock and you've been up since eight and you ain't got much left to give. And you go home and, and, and she wants some attention and she wants to go get dinner. She wants to go see a movie and the, the, the tank is on E, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So again, it's balanced there. And, I, and I, I came to that realization with Revive, I was like, man, I'm not doing these guys a justice and I'm not doing the treatment center a justice, trying to split my time because, because you cannot balance that. Some things you can't balance and that's a hard decision. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, great question, man. I think it's very important to check in, just like you said. And uh, I did a rap training for my peer support. Cool it was very cool man because it again it loses that take the stigma away jay you're not the only person that's had trouble with balance balancing acts there's some things you can do there's some checkpoints you notice man you ain't been to the gym in five days you ain't been to a meeting in five days i'm supposed to uh go celebrate three years in a fellowship and i haven't been be uh i've been to one and mm-hmm. i didn't i forgot all about it mm-hmm. So but it takes
0: a level of like self reflection to even recognize that you're
1: right. And I and, and see for me the the prayer. So year one was like, whatever. I was a drowning man and, and somebody threw me a I didn't care if you threw me a stick or a I just don't want you to build me a boat. You know what I mean? I don't have time for the most solid, here's the super-duper game plan that's going to save your life. and send, I need a quick fix, and I clung to it. And it was a recovery program, and it was a fellowship, and it was friends and community. Year two was a ton of service. Um, year three was challenging, and, and year three was a year of faith and the year of prayer. And so I think that that is a crucial piece for myself. Um,
0: you know what I've heard, I just heard is, like, continual growth continual growth throughout each one of those every 365 days you're still challenging yourself and you're still growing
1: you're shedding that old skin and, and you're being born again and uh yeah so year three was like the year of prayer man and that carried me a lot so even days when I when I catch myself like man you're out there right now like you're being mean to somebody you shouldn't be mean to because you're stressed that's a you problem let's check in let's pray for a minute let's reflect uh let's journal. Let's even maybe meditate for we'll say ten minutes and <laughs> I, probably make it I give you I'll
0: give you two minutes, man. Yeah. You just did for two minutes at the beginning of the show.
1: Yeah. Didn't you? I prayed most of the time. Same. Something. Same um, thing, isn't it? How did relationships? Yeah.
0: How did you learn how to be authentic?
1: Yeah, okay. In a
0: relationship.
1: Wow, okay. Well Cause, first cause I
0: would probably t- roll the dice and say that leading up to recovery. You probably, it was yeah. probably, a that was probably an opportunity. There's probably some for listeners growth.
1: on there that could answer this question <laughs> for me, at least that part of it. Uh, yeah, well, first I, uh, again, be- believed in myself and learned to love myself, which that I'm sure you've heard that before, uh, is a huge, huge piece. And then I also realized I had some things to give. Uh-huh. Like I can't answer the phone. I can't show up. Yes, I'm oftentimes a few minutes late but i do show up i will be there uh, my phone stays on I ask Lindsay. we don't go to dinner my phone rings i at least check it to make sure it's not uh business no let's take business out of it yeah an emergency somebody that's a, somebody that needs me and um so yeah you know relationships are still tough and i'm still learning a lot because again my my learning curve for that was very short you know (laughs) i like ran amok for a long time and thank god i still got some friends man my buddy jack that dude stuck he was like listen i don't condone this i ain't hanging out with you nothing but he would still call and check in and still like it's amazing how many good people are out there but today yeah relationships i try to put myself second and um then when i do my own you know um self-improvements and a little self-time but yeah, I try to put myself second.
0: But you mentioned like when you come home from work and you're out of gas and Lindsay wants to go do something or whatever it may be, like how do you find?
1: Because mm. she believes too, and yeah. uh, and and I think that's the synergistic piece of the relationship is, is like, is she happy with that sometimes? No, but is she willing to understand that like this is my mission and this is my purpose and, and everything will come full circle? Yeah. And out. sometimes, let's be honest, I I throw a little more gas in the tank and we go get dinner, <laughs> yeah, you know.
0: Yeah. Get some takeout. Um you got some big news coming too on the way, huh?
1: Yes. Baby girl. Baby girl. Wow. Give me a due date. Uh May uh somewhere between eleventh and the fifteenth.
0: All these years, man. Everything that's happened in your life.
1: Is that not crazy? Was being a father ever something that was on your radar? The farthest thing. Was it? The absolute farthest thing. I uh um, understand that I have some selfish tendencies, and, mm-hmm. and um, man, also, it's very scary to, to especially a little girl, because I have no clue, man. Uh, I have no clue, and, and I'm getting very excited, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to need some help. So Don't underestimate listening. yourself,
0: man. Don't underestimate yourself. You do have a clue. You got a, yeah, lot, of, you uh, got a lot of experience, man. You know, I heard man. somebody
1: explain it to me once, too, where it's like, it's the most natural thing. hmm and it really is. We've been doing it. We're, we're all here because of it. Yeah.
0: I like, I, I listen to all these podcasts all the time, and I hear these guys talk about these just menly men that mm-hmm. just were like, you know, aren't like mm-hmm. the typical like father figure, mm-hmm. father of girls, mm-hmm. you know, like just talk about. Joe Rogan, he's got three or four daughters, mm-hmm. no boys. And he's just like, there's just something about like, it's like a, a switch that just flips when they're born. That's just this is like empowering that. love that just like you do not have control over. Like it's just this love and like watching them, watching them learn, watching them learn how to talk and how to walk and like watching their little like on their face, their little brains kind of like working inside yeah. and developing. It's
1: just something. Some that of like, my friends got it's kids. And it's amazing. I'll mean, be like, "How that kid?" Six? They're like, "No, it's two years old." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm yeah.
0: Well, like uh, I'm taking this class uh, this semester, intake and assessment, and it's really just all about like um, you're going through the DSM and you're learning the diagnostic criteria. Okay. And so, like the very first couple weeks of class, we were. Um, discussing like developmental disorders Mm. and like a lot of the criteria is like you know the kid should be doing this or should be doing that and i'm like i don't know what the baseline is like i don't know how old they're supposed to be when they tie their shoes right i don't know how old they're supposed to be when they're using a fork and silverware like i don't know like how can i like how can I do this assignment or like do this little case study diagnosis deal if I don't know what the baseline is, you know?
1: So yeah, it's amazing, man. How I, I was looking at some toys the other day, and there was like this pottery wheel, and they were ages two to five, and I was like, this, is, uh, like I'm gonna buy this for myself, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm, uh, man, I'm getting very excited, and, and that's another thing where uh, we've been going to church to build a community there, and we've got our networks and stuff where it takes a village, and and yeah. so i'm recruiting villagers if anybody wants to <laughs> babysit weekends friday nights are yeah. good
0: <laughs> yeah. that's cool man well, That that's just something that has to be just like super exciting uh what about like accountability in the relationship like conversations like uh, something that's pretty
1: yeah uh we go because of time management things we go and we've just started this to uh this dude uh jim colvin that my buddy uh coop told me about and uh He's like an old grandfather type dude. I imagine he doesn't have Facebook and he'll never <laughs> hear this. Uh, and and dude, he's just a good listener. And, uh-huh. and we we take that one hour a week where we it's on the books. We're not missing that for anything. Okay. And we go and we and we talk good, we talk bad, we air some things out. And it's nice to have like a somebody to keep us on task. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't chase rabbits and we don't and and and, and he can dig the the essence out of me griping about something or me bragging about something and you can be like so what i'm keying on is this and i won't realize it she won't realize it and and bring it to the surface He'll and then shed it's not, light on the yeah, yeah so find the root of the thing and dude that's really cool yeah it's very I, I man if you're ever struggling it's amazing what it's i was so because i was like dude if we need if we need a therapist like we're doomed yeah
0: I don't know. I think you know what I, I mean. Now, I'm like does, this dude uh, is great. Right, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I think everybody does, and that they marriage counseling, they say is like something that you, every relationship. My my advisor. And can we edit
1: think. that M word you just said out of this thing? Marriage. Yeah, yeah. You're, can we? Your voice. Are you, are that are off? you
0: avoiding <laughs> that man? Are you resistant to that can we, man? Can
1: we dial that down? Oh,
0: you're starting a family. She's watching, bro. Yeah, I, I guarantee you she <laughs> is. Switch I hope over. she
1: ran to some popcorn or something. Switch over. You Your face that. is turning red.
0: Uh oh. Uh oh. No pressure, man. No pressure. I was asking about accountability because, like, um, my girlfriend was on the podcast last Monday for the first time. Fair, fairly new relationship and um, different pathways, right? So she's very involved in her fellowship. I'm involved in my fellowship. And we've, like, um, so far we've done well at like keeping it separate mm. with an open line of communication. Right. So like she's doing her thing. She's doing what works for her. Yeah, that's
1: crucial. Man. And I'm doing
0: what works for me.
1: Mm-hmm. And we're
0: keeping it very separate, but very open, mm-hmm. a very open dialogue. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, essentially like refuge recovery, meditation, mm-hmm. daily meditation practice, meaning I sit every day for 20 minutes. Right. Whether I go to a meeting or not, I'm sitting. And, um, some yoga. I started doing like some Good, yoga yeah. a few months ago. And, uh, you know, sometime around the holidays, you know, I mean, we had been dating since a little bit before Thanksgiving. So it's a new relationship and somewhere around the holidays, she said this on the show last week, I'll mm-hmm. say it again, but somewhere around the holidays, uh, she turns and looks at me and she's like, you know what? She's like, I have never seen you meditate or do yoga. She's like, what are you doing? Like, cause you know, and, and, and she hasn't, you know, she hasn't because like circumstances she has she does have a son that's kind of like energetic so i'm not going to be like meditating when they're around right. but like it was a more of an accountability thing like hey this is what you wow yeah this is what you're supposed to be doing but i don't see you doing it so like is everything good kind of you know what i'm saying
1: yeah that's major we do you know and i think that that is critical for a healthy relationship and let's even take it to to earlier one of the struggles i said with was at oasis is we were like 24 7 mm-hmm. to gather. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ownership was and it's good to have like me and Lindsay just started going to the gym together because the gym used to be like my like i'm, I'm gonna go do this for an hour a day and get away and this that and the other and recently we started going together um but we still like she'll run on the treadmill and i'll do my thing which is anything but running on the <laughs> treadmill and uh yeah but i think you need like a little something different you know what i mean you can't you can't be the You can't be together 24-7 with you. Or or, or let's say it this way, you need to be alone with yourself and comfortable for some part of, you know, every 72 hours at minimum or something. Check in and step away. And uh, so, yeah, it's important to keep, we'll call them boundaries or accountability or for yourself maybe.
0: Yeah, kind of self-awareness. What's next for Jay, man? What's next for Jake? I don't know, man. Professionally. I I, I
1: just got, oh, man, well, I got a few in the works. I'm I'm doing something uh, totally unrecovery related. I I got a, uh, you talking about the digital things, man, is I want to do a um, Facebook, basically, ad agency, I would call it. I I fell in love with this when I owned the Sober Living, how advanced the Facebook is and how powerful it is and how cheap it is per dollar and saw a niche. So I've got a couple um couple people that w- want to uh, let me run their Facebook. I waited till I got Revive off the table. And so I've been I've been starting that up. And I think that could be great because it would allow me to work kind of remotely for a lot of things and have time with the kid, have time with Lindsay, have time to go home and visit the folks. And uh, I, I I've thought very seriously about like a mentoring thing. Um, I don't like uh, something beyond a sponsor, beyond a sober coach where the, the rough outline for it is is you don't pay until after three months and so I give you three months one-on-one of um, a recovery is a piece of it but um, you know let's let's do exactly what you talked about what are your goals what are your ambitions what are you good at what do you love to do if you weren't here what would you be doing what do you want to do before you got here dig those things out and uh, the way I set it up is we're gonna monetize it where we're gonna put him her young old whoever whoever this um, mentee is we're going to set them up to where they're going to be able to pay for the service at the end of the three months with a project or something they did and I'd like to do something like that man because I love giving back and I love um, I used to coach an AAU team uh,
0: basketball or baseball?
1: Basketball okay. Basketball. baseball man I'm terrible they recruited me for a softball team they, they have no clue what they've done <laughs> uh, but yeah something like that man I always stay busy I always keep little side projects I'll continue to kind of define myself by defining what i like to do
0: y'all gonna settle for one child or are you gonna start a family
1: ah man I, I still want a boy but for right now i think we're gonna have our hands full with one uh but uh, you know lindsey whatever you want baby <laughs>
0: <laughs> smart man all right bro well you got any closing words man i think we'll wrap this baby up so you can get home at a reasonable hour it's about yeah eight, man it's about i just want
1: to uh tell you thank you and and how grateful i am man and how i support this 100 and uh, if there's anything I can ever do for you, you, you make sure you call, man. And, and you know, seriously, whatever uh, you need help, you want me to spread the word. You want me to send you a list of people I would reach out to for interviews. Uh, you want help setting up one day? Like I'm with it, man. Hell I yeah. think this is a great platform.
0: Hell yeah, dude. I'm happy to have you back anytime, man. Do some other stuff maybe out out Nashville. I, I have a feeling that, like, uh, I told you this a few, little bit ago, but I think the show is going to end up in Asheville. Yeah. I just do. Bigger audience. Yeah. You know, I started off, when I started off here, like, a lot of what I was thinking about was there's a lot of y'all, Asheville has a thriving recovery community. <sighs> Talk okay. about it. Booming. Out here, not so much. It's so rural, right? There's all these little small town neighboring communities. So there's a lot of like little pockets of people. Little pockets of communities that are doing some solid work, but yeah. they're 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 small. So
1: right? what do you need to get to Asheville? Real quick, let's challenge the community. You need a location. I need a location, man. I need a location that
0: has with just essentially like an office, a small office with um electricity and access to high speed Wi-Fi.
1: Boom. Oh, okay. So there's it. the challenge. Let's see how many, how many people really got Jay Cannon's back. Is that what we need? That's an office was a place we can do it remote. The first and couple of times, not a long term commitment. And s- test it out.
0: Hopefully secure. Like I'd like to get to a point because right now I'm tearing down. Y'all can't see it on the camera, but there's a lot of equipment like out here. Something that I could like secure, lock the lock it up where I don't have to set up and tear down. Something that I could get to and do. Last week I did three podcasts. You know what I mean? Cause you I had to
1: set up every time and every tear it down. Tear
0: down every time. And so like, get to a point where like, hey, man, somebody hits me up. I'm like, hey, let's go do a podcast. We can go turn the lights on and do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So
1: there's the challenge right there. I think we can pull it off. Let's see what the community's got for us.
0: You're a badass, my friend.
1: Thank you, sir. I,
0: it was a pleasure to meet you. Uh,
1: Hang on, my headset cut out. What did you say about it was me? A, you
0: are a badass, my friend. You heard that? It, you are a badass. <laughs> no, nah, it was a pleasure to meet you, dude. I appreciate you coming over, man. Uh, I do look forward to oh, it. Oh, here, I got a gift for you real oh, quick. What you got, man? What you got?
1: This is Castania olive oil soap. This Uh-oh. comes from the village of Castanya in Greece. Okay. From the farms, that the, that the, the village that my grandfather sure. comes from. Dude. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really 45 years old. I, I use this this morning. I look <laughs> like I'm only 42 <laughs> years old.
0: <laughs> dude, that's badass, man. So, yeah. Hey, bro. thanks so much, Yeah, man. brother. Thank you. I appreciate that, Jay. You're a badass, man. not for real. A ton of fun, dude. Yeah, um, we're going to do this again. Lock that in. We will do this again. So thank you guys for tuning Perfect. in to NC thank Raw. You. Y'all have a wonderful evening. We'll catch y'all next, actually, special episode Sunday.
1: Wow, special episode. We're
0: going uh, to be over in Asheville um, Sunday afternoon with Lauren Garvey. Shout out. Um, I don't know the address. The Agapi Homes, the new recovery home that Lauren's working at and we stuff. We can find it. So we're gonna be out there Sunday. So we got two shows coming up Sunday and Monday next week. Um, both shows live from Asheville. We're gonna be in Asheville. So thank you all for tuning into NC Raw. Subscribe to our website by visiting www.ncraw.life. Drop your email address in the little subscription bar. That way, every time we upload a new podcast, it will be emailed directly to your inbox prior to being released to social media. Follow us on Instagram. Twitter. Facebook. Facebook at WNC Raw. Y'all have a good night. Peace out.